We're not saying non-Christians don't have that attitude at all. It's just it is a core component of the body of Christ. Helping to lift each other up, and not just ourselves, but also the broader community. You just don't see that outside of the people of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Aptcast, where iron sharpens iron and we poke each other with the pointy ends. I am your host, Wes, joined as always with my buddy Alex. How's it going, buddy? Hey, fam. What's up, happy people? Hopefully y'all are all happy. Let's not be sad. Happy with no sniffles, no coughing, no sneezing. Yeah, so far so good <laughs> in both our houses. We both yep. have high, high at-risk family members in our immediate households. Yes, the self-imposed quarantine is real. But it gives us a great opportunity that we did not have last week to record and bring uh, our voices to the people, uh, to our fans, to our listeners around the world. Um, Hopefully, uh, as we uh, come in today, uh, we'll get uh, a little little bit of hope amongst the uh, the doom and gloom that's out there in the media. What you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, first things first, we have at least one new like. I don't know um, how much we got to last week, but the most recent like is Jill Simoniak. Uh, so thank you, Jill, for liking the show uh, on Facebook. <laughs> Did did Cass not like it already? Oh. Oh, what a slacker. If so, if not, then great job, Cass. You're the man. <laughs> a little. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, just to make sure we got him, I don't I don't know if we went back this far, but John Coon, sup, John? You know that guy? He's he's good people. Uh, Carice McGowan, uh, one of my friends back in the day, uh, and Reigns D. I think that's as far as we went back. So thank you guys for liking the page. Uh, it's a good opportunity to point out to anybody listening now, hey, we've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash APT podcast. Go give the show a like if you like us. And if not, go ahead and give it a like anyway, because we, we like all the likes we can get. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of like and likes and likes in there. Yeah, like like, you know, we like likes. Like that's, for sure, that's how likes work. Like totally, <laughs> like them, love them too. But, but yeah, give us uh, give us a review on uh, whatever podcast app you get this with. We're available everywhere: uh, Google Play, Spotify, uh, iTunes, you name it. Uh, and if not, let us know. We'll get on your platform so uh, you can listen to us. Um, but uh, yeah, give us the likes, give us the reviews, let us know how we're doing. And if you don't like us, shoot us a message. Alex and I are both on Facebook all the time, uh, even more so now that uh, our families are driving us crazy. Not for real, though. Uh, we're all always on Facebook anyway. So uh, reach out to us. 
Let us know uh, what you think. Criticisms. Uh, we, we love to be told we're wrong. That's why we partnered with each other. <laughs> Isn't that right, buddy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we don't agree when people tell us we're wrong. We just like to be told so we can either tell you you're wrong or figure out how to better place our argument. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You, you just We like to learn. Laugh, react, and agree to disagree, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we like to learn. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so... Yeah, uh, we wanted to get into a series on Tulip, uh, the, the five points of Calvinism, and get really theological. Uh, but given the events of the last couple of weeks, we, we really thought it would be kind of disingenuous to just jump right into it. So uh, Alex had this wonderful idea. Hey, before we get into the individual doctrines of Tulip, let's talk about sovereignty in general. And specifically in the context of the outbreak that we have. And I was like, dude, that's a great idea. And we can talk about our view of sovereignty, which is going to be a nice segue to the series. But also talk about it specifically in relation to God's sovereignty in a situation like this, where we have so much uh, doom and gloom in the media, we might even know people who are sick. Uh, I, I don't yet, uh, you know, but you can apparently have this thing for up to two weeks before you become symptomatic. But how we navigate this and how we approach this from a theological standpoint, hopefully this will be a little bit something uh, different than what you're hearing and seeing in various other mediums. Uh, but hopefully it'll also be helpful and encouraging as we go out into the world um, as, as we need to uh, amongst this crisis. What what you think, Alex? I like it. And jumping right into that, man, praise God, because in the midst of all of this, we're, there are days where I hate social media. And right now, I hate social media as much as ever for the sheer fact that you still see the bad attitude of the pessimists. Uh, yep. But in the midst of all that, I'm seeing less general pessimism from people and a, 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 an attitude of community that I haven't seen since the 2001 post 9-11 time frame. Uh, 2008, everybody was frustrated at and scared at what was going on. And you see that now for different reasons, not because of financial crash, even though we are having some of that, uh, but more so because of the fear being put in people's minds by the media right now over the violence, the uh, ease of communicability of the virus and the seemingly high death rate. Um, But in general, people are stepping up and offering to help others and uh, organizations and pathways to help are getting more assistance right now than they have generally in recent days. Um, one thing I saw online that I shared myself and I remembered how I shared it, uh, when I shared the live stream from Sunday, uh, those who don't go to cross point, but listen to us, our church named cross point, uh, don't necessarily know this, our church chose not to meet in person, a church with over a thousand in attendance every Sunday and uh, 
over a thousand in Sunday school usually, which is ultra rare, chose not to meet at all uh, in live stream only. When oh yeah, so when I shared the live stream, I shared this post on Facebook I had seen earlier that morning that if someone needed assistance, whether it was at an, a high at risk person, like our wives are high risk because of their autoimmune issues, or an elderly person who is at high risk, or someone with kids at home who's not used to having kids at home, or someone who's already been sent home from their work, either temporarily or permanently laid off because the company shut down due to virus care. Uh, it was a recommendation that people reach out to you if you were posting this being me this Sunday and you know, no judgment, no question asked. If you need help, you need me to go get groceries for you. You need a sandwich for a kid. You know, you don't have, couldn't get groceries because they weren't available or you didn't have the money, whatever. Uh, I've seen posts like that just increase exponentially on my timeline over the last week or two since this really started, the scare started ramping up seriously uh, since the first quarantines and social distancing, as they're calling it, were put into effect. Uh, it's, it's really praiseworthy to see God working in the midst of something so frightening. Uh, and it just it just proves his sovereignty, you know. I mean, there's been a revival in the midst of some of the worst tragedies in history, and hopefully that's what we're seeing the beginnings of. You know, there's going to be long-term financial issues. Uh, government's trying to deal with that by pass, uh, passing with speed and extreme prejudice a stimulus package. But, uh, yeah, right, a stimulus package. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Quote-unquote. This is a positive cast, <laughs> not a complaining about the government cast. Uh, right. So, you know, it's great to see organizations and individuals who may or may not have already been working for the community, reaching out to help those in need because people are already in need. And as the economy struggles, it's still in a downward spiral at this point. But even when it starts to come back up, we're going to see massive increases in unemployment and lost wages and probably even uh, economic defaults and bankruptcies of masses of people because of this. Uh, people are already starting to step up in the community, and it's, it's, it's really a blessing to see that. Yeah, and before we get too deep into it. I, I think it's, it's helpful also to draw the contrast. You, you said you didn't want to be negative, but allow me to, to take up the mantle for a second. Without the hope we have in Christ, if all we have is the material world, this life, and the social structures that we have in place, beyond the church, we have no hope, right? We, we, the stimulus package. So you get a few thousand dollars from the government. How is that going to ultimately satisfy? It's a temporary relief. That's yeah, all it is. It's absolutely not. I mean, the the poorest of poor people, if they are able to be diligent with their money, might make it go a pretty long way. Right? What they're talking about, so let's go into detail a little bit about it, but not talk negatively about my opinion about government stimulus. Just real... <laughs> No facts as opposed to opinions. Uh, 
the current idea that's being pushed around, and they had a vote on it today in the Senate where everything that was on the table was passed. Don't know the details yet because nobody's talking specifics, and the packages right. are you know hundreds or thousands of pages long, and I'm not a legal expert and can't sift through it. But the summaries you're seeing online are uh, two two payouts in early April and mid May, uh, and it's going to be a per person payout that is tiered. To where the more the more earned income you have, the less money you get out of the check. So the and and nobody quote me on this because this is just articles talking about how it's been discussed. I've seen nothing proving this, but it's cut, still early in the process. Too. Exactly, this is just what's being discussed right now. Uh, cutoffs are going to be fifty thousand dollars for an individual, uh, adjusted gross income based on taxes. And a hundred thousand dollars for a couple, a married couple. So anyone below that point will get some sort of stimulus. And the less income you have, the more you're going to get to the point where individuals making, you know, barely above the poverty line could see two thousand dollars. Right? Those people can really benefit from two thousand dollars. They probably don't have credit. If they do, they don't have much. They probably don't have any money in savings. So if they get paid daily, like they work in the service industry and they get paid daily, or they get paid weekly, uh, either cash or check from like a construction job or something like that, or a factory job, uh, Mm -hmm. those people can absolutely benefit from that money the most, which is why it's tiered so that they get the most out of it. Um, but, you know, above poverty level, you know, somebody making 30 grand a year, yeah, they may get $1,500, $2,000, probably not the $2,000 because that's what they're talking about being the max per person. You know, let's say they get $1,500. That, that's not going to take them far, right? Yeah. It's going to take someone who's in poverty already a long way, which is kind of the point. But as a stimulus solution two paychecks is not going to get us out of the woods on this. So yeah. uh, I don't necessarily agree with the government doing things like that because it kicks the bucket down the road. It uh, hurts the value of the dollar, but you know, the people most likely to benefit from it, it will be useful for. So, and, and beyond that, Right. If, if we're looking at governments for um, our ultimate satisfaction, you know, we see that the temporary nature of a stimulus package, but also for for those of us who have already become so polarized politically. We've talked about this in episodes past. I mean, there's a lot of burnt bridges out there the, uh, of people that yes. feel like you can't talk to because of how discussions and relationships have broken down over the years. And so you have that erosion of social networks uh, beyond, you know, social media, but actually broken relationships where you can't actually talk to people. And then you turn on the media to see what's going on to be, to, to help stop this or to help stem the tide or flatten the curve or whatever terminology you want to use and you've got different governments doing different things. And you hear things like China blaming America for planting 
uh, the, the virus. <laughs> that was funny. And, and I mean, you, you realize at, at a certain point, yes, we're all in this together, but you can't escape the politics of it. I mean, yep. you can't open a newspaper, go to a news site without seeing this politicized in some way. And, and I think a lot of us right now, especially can look at this and go, you know what? We need to chill. Yeah, I mean that, that's to... that that's what I was about to say. If if you want to survive this, both mentally and physically, you know, physically survive it and not die, and mentally survive it, and not going crazy over fear. Get away from TV news, talk radio, yes. social media is the worst because it's chock full of opinions, and I mean, you and I are the world's worst at it. <laughs> Amateur. Opinions, uh, evaluative opinions uh, on things that the experts don't even know at this point. Uh, for example, there was an article in The Atlantic a week and a half ago about Iran's outbreak. Uh, at the time, Iran had about 6,500 cases. It was a little lower than Italy. Like, no, I think it may have actually been 50 cases higher than Italy at the time, but they had less than a third as many deaths. At least that's what they were reporting. The article kind of insinuated that their deaths reports may not be accurate, but it was also evaluating the number of international cases that had occurred based on the known patient zero source being an Iranian, either an Iranian national or someone being in Iran and contracting it there than flying elsewhere. Uh, the number of international cases traced back to Iran, the algorithm they were using based on the known, known being a loose term here, uh, ease of transmission, the virulence, uh, the contagious nature of the virus, uh, that the algorithm was coming up with a number closer to 45 or 50,000 infected than 6,500, right? So there's, there's two sides to that coin. Uh, the virus would be spreading much faster than anybody thought, but the mortality rate is exponentially lower if the transmission rate was that high. Because at the time, uh, based on their known cases, they had a mortality rate of about one and a half percent. And with 10 times as many cases, nearly 10 times as many cases, it would have been 0.15%, less than two-tenths of 1%. And that's in the range of the flu, okay? So there is the possibility that our lack of ability to test for this virus and us being behind the curve testing for it because it's been around for four months now. So China had an outbreak because it started there. So they had a couple of weeks head start on us on just about anybody else. And their population density in Wuhan, China is so high. And there's a lot of smokers there. There's a lot of older people who got the infection and died. And there's, really high pollution rates there. All those play factors play into making their mortality rate very noticeable. 
So even in their own population, they could have had exponentially more people get sick than they know about. So if you want to stay sane and you want to survive this, be informed of how to protect yourself. But other than that, get off of social media in the news cycle. Don't listen to it. Whether you love Trump or hate him, bow out of it. You know, keep your sanity. Ignore him for a few minutes. Yeah, ignore him. Ignore what people are saying about him and the government for a few minutes. You you don't have to be absolutely plugged in and know every detail. Just get what you need and bow out of the 21st century digital world and live life outside of your computer or your device for a moment. And I'm the world's worst at that, right? I need to take my own advice yeah. here. Uh, the, the, the intensity of fear is based, in my opinion, solely on the media craze over it. Uh, there is legitimate concern. As we've already said, our wives are both at high risk for this virus. That's a fact. Whether it's as high a risk as the statistics currently state, we may find out in a year it wasn't quite as bad as they're imagining now. But right now we have to trust that they're at high risk, whatever that risk is. So we need to protect them and protect people like them, the elderly. Uh, people with pre-existing conditions like lung, cardiovascular disease, cancer, things like that are at high risk. So we need to protect them and uh, keep them isolated and help them with chores and errands and grocery runs however we can. But you know, praise God, get involved in a community of faith if you're not, and just get out of the cycle. Because fear is not going to help anybody. And. And so, so transitioning it into kind of the topic that we wanted to talk about, we know that Trump is not sovereign over this virus. We know the CDC is not sovereign over this virus. The U.S., the EU, China, Wuhan, no earthly authorities are sovereign over this virus. But we know the God who is. And we know from reading scripture, you've got passages like Jesus in John 16, who says that I've said these things to you, that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, Praise God for that, see, right? Yeah. I mean, look out right now. Do you see anything but tribulation in, in a lot of the, the corners of the world? But in Christ, we have peace. He has overcome the world, and it's in Him that we get that peace. So that's just one little sprinkling there. Uh, what else you got, Alex? Man, let's 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 just talk about some encouraging scripture passages, right? Your favorite Romans okay. eight twenty eight. I'll leave that one for you. But <laughs> Philippians four thirteen is a common one that even most non Christians can recognize. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and that's not prosperity gospel where you can go yeah. out and earn a hundred thousand dollars. It is trust in the Lord and he will take care of you. Trust in the Lord and he will provide you strength. Uh, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah forty one ten. man, 
For real, who who could possibly be afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow, knowing a God who tells us things like that, knowing that if you believe in Him and the the redeeming Savior Christ, you will be in heaven, no matter what happens between now and when you meet Him at the mm-hmm. pearly gates. And forty thirty one. But they who wait for the Lord mm-hmm. shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with ing- wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's always been one of my favorites, partly because I love seeing a bird of prey fly. It's 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 cool to see them hover on that air. Partly because our mascot was an eagle in high school, so I was biased. <laughs> but you know, nonetheless, it. It's encouraging to know that you will soar on wings like eagles if you just trust in the Lord and wait on Him to renew your strength. So uh, uh, if you're not a cross-pointer, I challenge you to go check out our website, uh, crosspointchurch.info. Isn't that still? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Keep thinking .tv, but that's something else. Uh, Crosspoint we'll, Church. We'll share it out on the AppCast page. Yeah, we'll share a link with it. So crosspointchurch.info. Uh, in our live stream this Sunday, we've, we've been studying the minor prophets for the last few weeks. But Ryan, Brother Ryan, our pastor, steered clear of that to specifically focus on the virus and our unprecedented in uh, almost 20 years of the church existing refusal to meet and only uh, meeting through virtual means for anything other than the roads are so iced, nobody could pass them. Right. You know, uh, a little bit of ice in Alabama shuts down the entire state. So uh, for when we were physically able to get there, not going to church was unprecedented in 20 years of the church. But, uh, Anyway, if you're not a cross-pointer, I challenge you to go to our website and see the live stream from this past Sunday and just listen to the encouragement Brother Ryan has given because uh, our God is sovereign. Whatever troubles and trials come with this, God's not surprised. It's it's not something outside of his control or outside of his will. Uh, We're not going to get into the whole Calvinist uh, revealed will versus secret will and that kind of Yet. stuff, causal determinism. That's that's not <laughs> the point of this. But, you know, anything that happens, God is ultimately sovereign over it. There is nothing outside of God's ability to control. Well, And, and this is where I think it's helpful um, to, to point out a couple of things. And, and Alex, I think even with our disagreements that we have that we'll unpack uh, later in the series, we can agree on uh, two fundamental uh, ideas. One is that God's sovereignty is in Scripture is is never used as a theological club. It's not used as a debate tactic to, or as a gotcha. It's it's pointed out and and magnified to be of comfort to believers that the God we serve and that we worship is not taken surprise by our situation. Is not powerless to provide sustenance, uh, to, to, to provide anything we need, right? You, you pointed out uh, from Isaiah 
was it in, uh, I forget the, the particular reference, but Matthew says, I think it's in Matthew 7, somewhere in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, seek first the kingdom of righteousness and all these things will be given unto you. Right? So we, we recognize that God's sovereignty... 633. Should be, there it is. Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. I was close. It is Sermon on the Mount, though. Um, but uh, we recognize that God's sovereignty is a shelter for us to rest in. Uh, but also that the second thing that I would say is that his sovereignty is, is not to be distinguished from his providence, right? His sovereignty is his rule, his authority over creation, but that's paired along with his providence that he does work things, right? And now I'm going to segue into my Romans 8.28, which oh, yeah. uh, for those who don't know, my personal favorite Bible verse since before I was even a Christian. The first time I ever heard that, I went, oh, that's good. Like, who who said that? <laughs> and come to find out, it was the Holy Spirit through Paul, where uh, we read that, um, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. And, and different versions are going to place that in, in different orders, but ultimately... Yeah, that, that that's the ESV. Your King James may, may say something separate. Uh, yeah, that's ESV. Bottom line is we see that uh, there's nothing outside of God's control and that all things are worked for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And and that's, that's His providence in action, right? He is actively working these things uh, for the good uh, of his people. Absolutely. And for, for any non-Christians who are listening, that does not mean God hates those who do not love him or he rejects you. It just means that all things work for the glory of God and those who are in him, those who are his believers are part of his glory. Doesn't mean you can't right. be part of that glory. We, we would love and welcome for you to have you in the family of believers. Uh, it, it's just comforting to know that God has already told us thousands of years ago, he's got this. And uh, you were talking about 634, the Sermon on the Mount. The very next verse references what I was talking about with the fear and bowing out of the social media and the TV. I mean, it doesn't reference that exactly. You know, they didn't have TV in Jesus' days. But 634 do not worry about tomorrow, for oh, tomorrow yes. tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. All right. Oh, yes. And now, again, need to take my own uh, advice here. You know, for a couple of years, when I first got into the libertarian ideology, I was a big time doomsday prepper. Uh, Bought a couple of new guns, uh, bought several thousand rounds of ammunition, uh, stocked up on unperishable foods, uh, got different items, whether it's precious metals or other things like uh, bottles of alcohol to trade in uh, an apocalyptic environment. Uh, you know, some of that stuff I still have because it, it's more valuable to buy than it is to resell and get rid of, uh, right. which is the case with a lot of things. But I don't worry about that stuff anymore, right? I, I went yeah. when there was a run on the stores, bought one 12-pack of toilet paper and about three weeks' worth of food. So we would have 
non-perishables and stuff like that for the meals we would need to make anyway. But I don't have six months worth of food or two years worth of food. I don't have three years worth of toilet paper or 20,000 rounds of ammunition. Uh, it's, if, if, if I was going to obey God, that would technically be sinful for me to not trust him and go do that anyway. Right, I'm disobeying the Lord to not worry about tomorrow. Now, that doesn't mean don't plan for retirement, don't save money, you know, don't have stuff stocked up so you've got a supply in case there's a shortage. It just means it is not a Christ-like attitude to go build a half-million-dollar prepper cave in your backyard and stock it with a million dollars worth of supplies. Uh, yeah. So, so to, uh, uh, allude to another, uh, passage of scripture, you're saying that doesn't mean hide your talent in the ground, knowing that God will give you some. Yes, more. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Don't go hide your talent in the ground. Uh, the master is, Oh gosh, what, what did that guy say? The master He's a hard harsh. Man. He's harsh, and he takes what's harsh. not his. Yeah, everything is God's in the end. We don't need to hoard things that are God's. So, um, you know, the, the challenge is to have a healthy level of concern, and some would call it fear, of the situation. Understanding that we may fall on hard times. That We're, we're not saying it's not realistic yeah. to understand you you may lose your job and that's going to be a struggle but ultimately god is in control right for for those who believe it may be a struggle here but what is a moment in life compared to eternity exactly and and that's where i think it's helpful also to to see in scripture that it's not uh, a book that glorifies man in his uh setting um you look throughout the history of mankind in scripture and it's suffering and sadness and loss and mourning. And you have these ebb and flows of life that are, that are legitimate. I mean, the extreme example everybody looks at uh, is Job, Mm -hmm. of course, who lost literally everything and then was restored in the end. Even his health, everything, but his life itself, everything, but his life itself. But I'm, I'm reminded of Jeremiah, you know, talked about going through the minor prophets, with, which we've been doing in our Sunday school class. Jeremiah is certainly not considered a minor prophet, but he is considered by, by some to be the quote unquote mourning prophet because he is, is mourning the loss of Jerusalem or loss of Israel and, and the, the decline. And in the middle of Lamentations, which many people think was written by him, uh, a book that's named for lament, right? So, so let's think about that. In the middle of chapter three, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases; His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is Your faithfulness. Like to see somebody who is in that level of trial, that level of tribulation, to be able to stop and recognize the Lord's mercy, even in that situation. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's, that's a theme that just goes throughout. I just find it so beautiful. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to get on a high horse and lecture because people need encouragement, not condemnation. But uh, another thing to think about as you struggle, if you struggle in this time, 
especially with the financial issues that are uh, starting to rear their head in the marketplace. Uh, there are people in the world, no matter how much you lose, they've never had a fraction of that, and they still praise the Lord with their every breath. All right? Oh, yeah. So we could be much worse off than we are, any of us are likely to become in a country like the United States based on this virus or this financial situation that's uh, occurring because of the virus. So, you know, praise the Lord for that we have been blessed. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you are anxious and nervous, give it to God, man. He will give you peace that you could not obtain on your own. Amen. And one of the things that I hesitate to, to use us as examples, but one of the things that I, I appreciate about you, Alex, um, as somebody else who is married to somebody that even in a non-pandemic situation uh, deals with suffering on a daily basis and to be able to see the peace and comfort that you have in Christ manifest on a regular basis uh, is, is an encouragement to me. And I think it's, it's great to, to first to know that there are those people out there. So if, if you're listening and you don't see that hope, right, that goes back to the faith community. Who are you com- communicating with? Who are you connected to as a church body? And if you're not, get connected. Because what we see so often is in times like this, the people who don't have the hope in Christ are looking for the government and their stimulus package, thinking that that's going to save them. But the people of God are rallying around each other. They're going to the store, reaching out to their elderly neighbor saying, hey, do you need something? I'm going out. You can stay home. I'll bring it to you, right? Um, they're Bible study classes who are rallying around each other to, to help take care of each other. And this is not just during a coronavirus scare, right? Absolutely. This is something we do on a regular basis. If somebody has surgery, there's a group that rallies around to help make sure that the, the impact is lessened on the family. You don't have to cook. Here's a meal, yeah. right? Your children are taken care of. You need a ride somewhere, we got a vehicle for it. I mean, all kinds of things are manifest regularly, and it's uh, the providence of God in that, right? He's working through His people. You uh, referenced Philippians several times. I think it's Philippians 2. Don't quote me on this, but um, for it is God that works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. And that's, that's the body working together. And I think it's 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 that, that show the church as a body, right? You've got hands, you've got arms, you've got eyes, you've got feet. We've got to work together, and that's what we see happening in the best of times is the church rallying around each other, helping to lift each other up, and not just ourselves, but also the broader community. You just don't see that outside of the people of, of God. Yeah, I mean— the, the... There are organizations, you know, to play counterpoint to that, there are organizations that are humanitarian, but it's from a humanist perspective, right? They they are right. 
appealing to the immediate needs without really understanding the long-term implications necessarily. Uh, yeah. So for, for any non-Christians listening, we're not saying non-Christians don't have that attitude at all. It's just it is a core component of the body of Christ to be a neighbor, to be loving to those around you. And being in the family of God makes it easier to see the need and to proactively reach out and offer help for the need. But please understand we are more than willing to help those outside of our family, outside the family of faith that need the help. Uh, we just don't see you on a regular basis, don't have the access to your needs the way we do each other. So uh, if you need help and happen to be a non-Christian listening to us, reach out to your local community of faith. Find find the Christian church closest to you. If you're in our physical region in the northeast area beyond Birmingham, reach out to Crosspoint. Reach out to Crosspoint members like us. We, we will get you in touch with people who can help you if we can't directly. Uh, man, this now more than any other time in history is the time to be connected to a community of faith and understand that it's not how the uh, non-Christian world represents it, how the secular media represent us. Yes, there are hypocrites. Yes, there are bad cases in the church, just like there is in any other non-Christian organization. But man, that that, that is not... The, the MO of who we are, the, the secular world has who we are wrong. The way most people looking from the outside in do any group. I think you hit the nail on the head there. And, um, you know, I can't help, but also, you know, going back to Romans eight, uh, I love Romans eight. It's so much fun. It's so good. But, um, looking at uh, the way the chapter closes, Paul writes, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ our Lord. And uh, I don't think it would be uh, too much of eisegesis to insert coronavirus in there somewhere, that, that coronavirus cannot separate us from anything. Uh, cannot separate us from uh, the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can. And, and I think that's a, a great comfort that we should uh, be able to take into. But as we've alluded to, and, and let's go ahead and just say it explicitly, uh, the, the Christian life is not to receive the grace and mercy of God and then leave it at that. Right? It's a grace and a mercy and a love that leads to action. So for those of us who are able to, um, loving our neighbor is more than just having benevolent feelings towards our neighbor, right? Loving our neighbor means getting out there and doing acts of service, doing things for our neighbor that they wouldn't normally be able to do. Um, whether it's a, a coronavirus pandemic or not, uh, you know, getting groceries in a time like this, going over and doing some yard work, right? It's It's this idea of, recognizing that what's been done for us is so much more than we ever could have done 
And yet at the same time, we express that gratitude by serving others, by bringing the same type of selfless attitude towards giving, towards service, towards stewardship of everything that we've been given. Absolutely. Amen to that. So I don't really have anything else to add, man. I just, I want people to be encouraged and know that if they need help, man, don't expect the government to be able to satisfy your needs. Reach out to your neighbor if you need help. If you have the ability head to help, reach out to your neighbor and ask them what they could have you do for them. Uh, Eventually people will lose the prideful attitude of self-sufficiency and call upon their neighbors to help. But if you have the ability to help, reach out to people and say, Hey, what can I do for you? Don't wait on people to need it so badly that they can't help but ask. So, uh, yeah, Yeah, I think that's good. We'd leave it there. Yeah. We, we, we didn't do so much, uh, poking with the pointy ends this episode, but, but I think we, uh, we did what we set out to do. We, we wanted to be encouraging. I think we've been able to do that. Um, uh, I would also, you know, echo your sentiments, get, get out there and do something right. Talk to, talk to your neighbors, see what they need, see what you can do. Especially if you're one of those folks who, uh, your, your company shut down, uh, for a period of time and you're in, in house quarantine, if you've got to get out, get out with a purpose, do something to help somebody else. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say we, we did all right. We, we did all right for this episode. Uh, next week we'll pick it up, uh, in the first of the five doctrines of tulip and, and we'll see how God's sovereignty and providence works out in salvation. Yeah. I think we should probably give a summary because I found a lot of people who aren't really exposed to Calvinism and Tulip doctrine that may be listening to us. So we may do a summary before we dive into each one explicitly because we're going to confuse a lot of people with the interplay with us knowing the interplay and them not necessarily. Yeah. So, so for those who are unfamiliar with it, just, you know, a little homework for next week, uh, look up the canons of Dort uh, and you'll get uh, an example. That's or where an you want them to start. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's that's where it came from. I and, know, but I mean, man, that's deep reading to start. It, it is, but I mean, if if you want to know where we're coming from, oh, I'm sorry. If you want to know where I'm coming from <laughs> and where I'm coming against, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, just just a heads up, the sparks are gonna fly. Iron will definitely sharpen some iron uh, for the next uh, five Lots weeks, maybe more. Oh, yes. But uh, uh, in that said, if you have any questions or specific uh, scriptures you'd like us to to tackle together as we go through the series, definitely throw it down in the comments. We will uh, bring that up as we go through. But uh, in the meantime, uh, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.